Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. These guys, and occasionally there's a woman, are, are just are, are, are what you run into in every small town and big town in America at the local country club. It's the good old boys running the show, and they don't like interlopers. And we, we saw that with UCF, and we certainly saw that with Cincinnati last night. I'm not. I don't know if Cincinnati really deserves to be on the same field with with Alabama or, or Ohio State, but I'd like to see it. Uh, as opposed to just plucking uh, one of the usual suspects out of the crowd, and, and, and you know the, the college football cognoscenti were right to to be outraged at, at the way Florida was treated versus Cincinnati. Wow, that's a little surprising. Hey, Paul Feinbaum, though, take it easy when it comes to the good old boy network, and sometimes there's a woman in there. Like, was he calling somebody out personally, or not? That was like a little bit of an attack by Paul Feinbaum. There. So, okay, man. I, I, I like the emotion, and I like the anger, but hey, hey yeah. <laughs> Heck of an effort by uh, University Christian, but they lose in the state championship game 41-27. to 41-27. to 27. It was a back-and-forth game. They had a 15-14 lead at one time, then got down a couple scores, and uh, 41-27 at the end of the day. They lose, so up next, Trinity Christian will try to bring home a state championship. You know, University Christian, one of the underrated programs. We've done this series in the past, Making of a Program. Uh, they actually might be on our list. Uh, they are, they've always been on our short list. But we did St. Augustine, where we basically followed the program. Mm-hmm. And kind of like how it was built and why they're so successful. It was so much fun to do. I think uh, Stuart has talked about it before when we were uh, just a couple weeks ago. And then we did Reigns. Obviously, just a fantastic program. They won a couple of state championships. They ran Wiley, but all the way back to Brian Dawkins and, and everybody else. Um, but University Christian quietly has that. It's like they love their football at University Christian. And they're usually in that state championship game. Can't get the W this time around. Trinity Christian, same thing. Always good. They'll play later tonight at 7 o'clock in Tallahassee. Marcel Robinson will be there. Maybe we'll get Marcel on uh, here at some point once he's done with his uh, TV duties. But uh, you can check out the highlights and reaction coming up at uh, 6.30 on Fox 30 from Tallahassee. Uh, and we'll also be there tomorrow uh, against Bowles, uh, against Bowles, four Bowles playing in a state championship game. Brent Martin of Austin Lane back here at Fields Cadillac, part of the Fields Auto Group, and uh, good to be here. Great to be out uh, and about and in the showroom. Beautiful uh, 2021 Escalade. Uh, obviously, the holiday season got some Christmas music playing. Uh, it's a great, great, uh, great time to get out of the office. We're sick of coos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's good to have a couple road games every once in a while, you know? (laughs) You know, finally tune those engines a little bit, you know? Get back on the road, do your thing. Now, you could have picked a little better weather to to travel in, but hey, but we got here on time. Just barely for me. For you. But, but we got here on time, and we're all good Jim to go. Jim can attest to it. Jim Signorelli's in his office. I, I was here at about 2.20. I've oh, never been a, so early hey, in my life. There's a feather in your cap because the past couple of days, it's been about 3.20. I, so I work job. on averages, so 2.20 compared <laughs> to everything else this week. At the end of the week, I'm going to average you're, out to be on time. You're trying to balance it out. Yeah, I got <laughs> you, man. Heck, by the end of the week, I might be on Coughlin time if yeah, I keep this up. It's the beauty of sports radio. <laughs> well, for you, not for me. Hey, one one last uh, thought on at least for now on the college football stuff. But uh, how? So so you don't really believe Florida has a chance. But I'm trying to set the scene again. I mean, well, with, it depends like how how much down that guy can get through like my, my APR. You know, if he can swing me a deal, 
then hey, I'm, I'm pushing Florida in all day, man. Let's go Gators. But, you know, depending on the rates, yeah, I mean, I don't think Florida's going to get in. Sorry. Well, that was a nice segue, by the way. It's 0% 72 right much. now here well, at Fields Cadillac. Can you go look in the neck? I don't know like, what you would do. <laughs> it's hard to get better than 0% 72. Plus $2,500 rebate yeah, right yeah, now, okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we already got that. I you don't you. even have to be a Gator fan I hear for that. You. Oh, I'm not. We already got worry. that here yeah. at Fields Cadillac. Uh, very well done. Thanks yeah. for setting the table for that. You better believe uh, it. Here. <laughs> uh, but... I I think I just want to reiterate because I'm asking a couple questions. Like if Clemson loses to Notre Dame with two losses, the committee has told us that I think they're going to be in. Yeah. Alabama's in. Like Alabama doesn't have to show up. Doesn't matter. And they're in. Yeah. Notre Dame, I don't know if they have to show up. Now if they get trounced, is there a way that they're out? But I don't believe so. No. I think they're in. So the path I'm interested in, obviously we believe where Ohio State sits if they win, they're in. They have to be. Clemson, if they win, they're in. If they lose, most people believe they'd be in with two losses, but would that open the door for Texas A&M? And would that potentially open the door for Florida, if they were to beat Alabama, to trump Clemson? Listen, it's hard. So let's start with Texas A&M real quick. It's hard to justify a team that doesn't play in their own conference championship to go to the college football playoff. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's the way it is. It's hard to justify that for Texas A&M. So I think regardless of what happens, I think A&M's out. Now, Florida's a different story, obviously, because obviously they play in the SEC championship game. If They, if they are impressive. And when I say impressive, I'm saying you got to beat Alabama by a, uh, maybe at least 21. You know, um, That's not an easy task to do, obviously. But even I think if you do that, which I can't foresee that happening, but even if they were to do that, I still have a hard time believing, Brent. I, I, I really do. I'm going to give you a scenario where three teams can lose in their championship game and still make the playoffs the way the committee has set this up. That's why it's ridiculous. Like, that's why it needs to be looked at. And, and that's why people are saying the system's rigged right now. So what? So right now, on paper, what would you want to see happen right now in terms of rankings? Well, I, before we get to that, I just want to give okay. you this scenario. So Notre Dame... Beats Clemson, or Clemson beats Notre Dame, right? Okay. Notre Dame doesn't win the championship in the ACC, yeah. but they're in. Correct. Alabama loses to Florida, but they're in. How? Well, I mean, it was, I'm just saying, was it a close game? Blowout? Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Alabama's doesn't matter in. for Alabama. Alabama's, no, Alabama's in. in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then you have Ohio State win. Let's just say that. Or Ohio State lose. Let's just say you have Ohio State Ohio lose. State loses? Okay. Yep. Northwestern. Okay. So then I think Texas A&M most likely gets in. They didn't win their championship either. So now you have Notre Dame, Texas A&M, who didn't even go to their championship game, mm-hmm. and you would have Alabama all lose in their championship game <laughs> and make the Final Four. Like, that is plausible. It's well, a plausible scenario. It's, it's a plausible scenario. Now, you need scenario, Ohio State to be upset. Not gonna, yeah, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. You think Before you say Ohio State can't get upset, they no, have a I'm five saying all game. these teams can't get upset. Because right now you have Alabama Oh, losing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right you now you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I understand. You you have a harder time. Really, the hard one is Alabama. Yeah. You know, because surely Clemson can beat Notre Dame. I yeah. actually think, you know, the way, look at Florida, We had, I thought there was no chance they could lose to LSU. Mm-hmm. And they lost. And I kind of feel the same. Okay, I don't think... Northwestern can beat Ohio State, but listen, Ohio State's lost to Purdue over the years when they're up when they're a twenty point favorite. I mean, they've lost in these spots before, and we only have a five game sample. So 
it, it's, it's sports, man. I mean, it certainly can happen. But wouldn't that be wild? You know, all the emphasis on the championships, 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 and you got to play in your championship game. Yeah. Well, there is a scenario where you could lose uh, three games. Uh, three teams could lose their championship game and still make it. Well, I'm just going to say this. If Ohio State gets beat by Northwestern, then you better start having second thoughts about your boy Justin Fields. Yeah, be- true. Because there's no way Northwestern's going to get in a track meet with Ohio State. So if Ohio State was to lose this up-and-coming Big Ten championship game, it's because mistakes were made, turnovers happened, and that Northwestern defense showed up, which they have showed up in the past. But I'm just saying they showed up in a big way, which is not a good look for Justin Fields. I think I think people have made the art. You just asked, like, well, what should it look like? Well, Alabama should be number one. Notre Dame should be number two. I don't mind Clemson sitting at number three. Um, I, I don't know if Ohio State, before their championship game, should have been where they're at, I think Florida could have been up there at number four even, uh, more than Ohio State at the time. Hmm. I know they've played more games, but they lost by three on the road to a Texas A&M team that's fifth in the country, you know? Hmm. So should they have been penalized as much, and should Ohio State be rewarded as much? I think I, I heard this last night. Ohio State had played one game, and they were third in the AP poll. One game. Mm-hmm. Everybody else had played like four or five. Yeah, <laughs> so no. we're assuming Ohio State is good. No, I mean, obviously, that's that, that's the name of the game. But you want to sit here and say, well, you know, should Florida be ahead of Ohio State because Ohio State hasn't really played a lot of people? Keep in mind. Well, that's going into last week. Well, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but keep in mind how the preseason rankings panned out, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't Ohio State ranked number two? When, probably. When, when those yeah, preseason Alabama, polls Ohio came State, out, probably. Alabama, Ohio State? Heck, they might have been one in some poll. I, I don't yeah, even know. I think it was Alabama and one in Ohio State, too. Don't quote me on that. I'm Could pretty sure Clemson that's how it shook out. But, yeah, but regardless, my whole point is, listen, Ohio State was top four. Okay, so I understand they haven't played a lot of games, but to move a team out of the top four like that, whether there are three, whether there are two, because they didn't play a lot of games. Well, the games they have played, they have showed up. Now it hasn't looked perfect, obviously. I'm reminded of the Indiana game, but everything besides that has looked good. They have won decisively in their conference. So to sit here and say put them out of the top four because they didn't play enough games. No, you you guys had them in the preseason that high because you thought Ohio State was a good team. What changed? I still believe, by the way, and I know I'm uh, in the minority. Look at that beautiful helmet right there. And I'm not a Gator. And you know this. I'm not a Gator. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, I mean, look at that thing. I got it in my hands. I might have to put it in my pocket for Ty. Ty's a Gator fan, but I'm not even saying this for Ty. I don't even want him to be happy. I feel like someone got to you, Brent. I I feel like we're pushing Florida Gator right now. We're supposed to be the official station of Florida State, and somebody (laughs) got to you. (laughs) Does Florida State still play football? Where's the Florida State helmet right now? They're still doing their thing. They just won against Duke. They're a basketball school. They beat Georgia Tech again. They They, won 27 in a row at home. I feel like Dickie V right now. They just beat a very tough talented Duke College football team. Not basketball, but football team. Uh, the uh, But Florida, to me, still has a path. And again, it's got an upset city. The upset city is Texas A&M and Ohio State have to lose. And now that path, because I think they would then, if and they have to beat Alabama. It's a three, so, three-step plan. And if they do that, they would jump Iowa State. I still don't even get the Iowa State thing. It makes no sense. Although yeah. I like Matt Campbell, and keep an eye on him for the next head coaching job here in Jackson. So <laughs> did, did we establish what do you want to see change, though, out of this whole, like, the rankings? I like, don't what? like the fact, listen, I don't like the fact that Ohio State initially was rewarded so much for for not playing a lot of games. And once you stuck them there, if they don't lose, then you can't get them out of there. Okay, so You have to have the foresight. And then, by the way, Cincinnati doesn't play for two weeks, but has played eight games. And I understand they haven't played an unbelievable schedule, Yeah, but they dropped two spots. How do you drop two spots? And then Florida loses to 
a three-win LSU team and only drops one spot. Okay. That doesn't make much sense to me. Okay, so... And I don't like that Iowa State's at number six or was at number seven either. I, I think Iowa State and Florida right now should be behind Cincinnati. Okay. Georgia's ahead of Cincinnati. Yeah, I got you. So... They got hammered by Florida and by Alabama. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm trying to put this all into like because right now it's like I'm taking like a rough draft and I'm trying to conceive it into what your point is going to be here. Okay, so you don't like the fact that Ohio State's been in the top four the entire time. So like this has been building. They and now it, it's you're, you're Ohio hurt. State should be at number five or like number six, and with the opportunity if they win their Big Ten championship game, which they might do, to jump to make the leap. You know, there's got to be this but, path. But, Brent, but you're sitting here saying that you're mad because Cincinnati is dropping for not playing. Well, you're essentially saying the same thing for Ohio State because they haven't played a lot of games. They're dropping. No, but they started so dang high, they didn't earn anything. I mean, they just were there. They couldn't drop out. Yeah, nope. and, and, and they've maintained. Like, they beat who they're supposed to beat. They what have. Do do? So my point is, they shouldn't. you shouldn't be 1-0 and or 2-0 and or whatever, 3-0 and even, and then the, the committee comes out and says, hey, you're the uh, fourth team. Okay, I mean, I'm just saying. When everybody else, Cincinnati or some people have played eight. Yeah, but Cincinnati didn't start in the top five. Cincinnati didn't stop in the top four. I mean, they, I'm sure they probably the preseason they're 20 or something. No, so like they that. earned their way all the way up, so, and now yeah. they have earned their way down by not playing. So that's that's that contradicts what you did with Ohio State. Ohio State hasn't budged by not playing. Sure, because like you're not gonna pun- I'm not gonna punish Ohio State because. But you are gonna COVID-19. punish Cincinnati. I'm not. Listen. You did. No, the committee Listen, did. Man. They punished them. Yeah, I, and I'm not saying that's right. I've never once said on this show that Cincinnati should be ranked number nine. Well, I you're asking me what I want to change. I yeah. want that change. No, I get that. <laughs> but but you also want Ohio State to be, like, number five. I, and I don't get that. I, well, I want them to have to earn the top four. They have been given the top four and just don't lose it. Okay. That's my point. See, but then to me, the Florida Gators lost it when they lost to LSU. Like, you don't deserve even really a top eight, in my opinion, because you well, lost to a, a very bad that's a good beef. LSU team. That's a great beef, but, but they like, only drop one spot. No, and, and So, that, committee, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, Iowa State, last week, why are you at number seven? Yet an undefeated USC team is at, like, number 12 or 14 or wherever they are. Sure. But an undefeated Ohio State team is at number four. No, you see what I, I'm saying? There's no rhyme or reason. When... Even when they did this thing, here's what I want. As it, as you know, why we like brackets, in my opinion, because we can complain about them. Well, no, because we can see how it's going to play out. Ah. And so we like the bracket. We like to say, hey, if the 14 seed in the NCAA tournament beats the three seed, well, they're going to then play. What would that be like? The six versus the 11 seed. Yeah. Right. We like to see what it leads to. There is no. Rhyme or reason why some of these teams who are sitting back at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, like, where are you going when you're sliding by not playing? You know, like, we can't tell what the committee is is planning, what, what you could still earn. Like, Cincinnati should just fold the tent for the rest of the year because they have no chance. Like, why play? Yeah, and just, just like UCF had no chance back in the day either. Like, at the end of the day, what it comes down to for me, and let's be honest, like, I, I get we rank 1 through 25, and people, you know, I'm sure, like, Coastal Carolina, they got a beef at number 12. Like, I get it. There's going to be beefs. I, yeah. This is how this whole thing works. And we, they do have a like beef, but I don't think they yeah. have a beef to be in the top four. No, but at the end of the day, like, we talk about the top four. We talk about the four best teams in college football. And I can't say that Texas A&M is one of the four best teams because you know why? They've gotten beat. Okay? I'm also not going to say beat by the best team in the country. Regardless of that, they've gotten beat. And if you want to go back to the whole argument of like, well, then take three SEC teams because they have the best division or the best conference in all football. Like, it's not. Listen, it's not A and M's fault they got beat by Alabama, but you got beat by Alabama. Okay, simple as that. 
So once again, I think the four best teams right now in college football are where it stands. I think it's Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and um, and then Clemson. And enough said. Now, whatever happens in these championship games, so be it. But this is all about, to me, and I don't care about strength of schedule. I don't care about how many games you played. I don't care if you're a small school or a big school. All I'm going off of right now when I'm saying this is who are the best four teams in college football. And I think Ohio State, right now, where they sit, from what I've seen, they're one of the best four teams in college football. If I had asked you a few years back when UCF played Auburn, though, you would have said, told me at that same time that they had no chance to win. UCF versus Auburn, listen. I get it. It's a nice story. It's cute. It's but, all this no, stuff. Listen, you you got to go back before. And I you remember. Would say this. Well, then no, what's different than Cincinnati no. <laughs> and Texas A&M against Notre Dame no, and Ohio you, State? First of all, you can't put words in my mouth. I even had a conversation with my friend who's a big UFC, uh, UCF fan. I went to college game day. I'm like, dude, I bet Auburn doesn't show up for this game because they don't care. Like They have no incentive. It's a catch-22. Either they beat UCF and no one's going to be like, oh, wow, they beat you know UCF, or they lose to them and everyone's talking about it. Like There was nothing um, to play for if you're Auburn. So I thought UCF had a great chance to win that game. There's less validity in having a 16 seed in the March Madness bracket than there is than having Cincinnati or UCF or one of those type of teams be able to play in the college football playoff, in my opinion. No. Because the 16 seed, historically, they've won one time what, over the course of sure. whatever. I can give you UCF beating Auburn. I can give you Boise State in a bowl game beating Oklahoma. I can have seen this stuff happen before. And so that's why they belong and give an opportunity. And listen, I'm not telling you that Cincinnati's better than Ohio State or better than Notre Dame. But I also can't unequivocally tell you that they wouldn't beat them. I don't know. I mean, I think UCF over those last couple of years could have competed. I think Boise State back in the day, they had players that could beat those teams. Mm. Now, do I think they could beat Alabama? That's unfair because nobody right now is beating Alabama. Nobody's even coming close to sniffing Alabama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, I mean, that's an unfair comparison. But do I think Cincinnati could beat, say, Florida? I, I wouldn't bet it. But I just saw LSU. I think this year, I think Cincinnati could beat LSU, and I just saw LSU beat Florida. No, no, without a doubt. No, uh, and they can legit listen. I love Cincinnati, by the way. I, I love the way they play. I sure as hell think Cincinnati could beat Iowa State, by the way. I hear you. Uh, I love the way Cincinnati plays defense. I love the, the coverages. I mean, like, listen, they're in your face. It's almost like a pro style defense. And and I've watched a lot of Cincinnati games actually this year, and I respect what they do. But at the end of the day, can Cincinnati beat Ohio State? Maybe. Can they beat Clemson? Eh, maybe. Can they beat Notre Dame? Maybe. Okay? But we're not in the business of maybes. We're in the business of saying, 10 times out of 10, who would you like more any given Saturday? Would you like Ohio State to beat Cincinnati or the other way around? And I'm taking Ohio State. Same thing for Clemson. Same thing for Notre Dame. And same thing for Alabama. Now, not to say that in one out of those games, maybe Cincinnati can win. That's fine. But with what I've seen with my own eyes on paper, I like Ohio State a lot better than I like Cincinnati. Yeah, well, so does the committee. <laughs> well, there you go then, man. You can go and call me uh, c- c- Committee Show Austin. Here. Yeah, the the, the thing is, I don't think – I think the committee automatically dismisses those power, group of five, though. Like, I think that's old-school college football. That's good old boy network. Is it like, <laughs> you can't play here. Well, you can't play here. That's their attitude towards it. It's not necessarily talking it out and saying, okay, what do you think, really? Could that happen? Could this be? I don't think they even think about it. They squeeze them out 
so they don't even have to entertain the idea of it because they're a group of five. That's that's really, I think, what people are most upset about, if they're upset about it. And it's the inconsistencies in determining how people drop and, and, and move up. I, I think, again, it's the process more than the final conclusion at this point. Let me ask you this, though. What was... Cincinnati's non-conference schedule. If they, you Cincinnati know, had it, did not have a great schedule either. Well, I, I don't know, but obviously with COVID. But I'm saying before COVID hit, like I'm sure their schedule yeah, was in place. Do you know? Like, okay, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, listen, obviously this is a, a different year, right? And it doesn't help that you play teams, you know, like Houston and Navy or whoever else. Like, yeah. you know, it just doesn't help. No, and Houston has been pretty good at times in the past, not, not so year. much this year. So, yeah. but they beat UCF. I think that was on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no diff- oh, listen, I can make the case that Ohio State hasn't beaten a soul. Well, I think Indiana's pretty Indiana's good. Indiana's pretty good. Like, pretty good. But they're not Alabama, Clemson, or Notre Dame. I mean, neither is know. Navy, Houston, or SMU. But I'd probably take Indiana over some of those teams. Yeah. I so, mean, I just feel like Cincinnati could probably beat Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, they could. Mm-hmm. Probably more so they could beat Ohio State in reality. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll give you a couple of signings from signing day. We had a couple flips. Uh... This is not a signing day show in terms of how did the Gators do? How did the Knowles do? There's 50 million places to get that information. Uh, but we'll give you an update on high school uh, athletics around this area in terms of who's signing and going where. There was a major flip actually today. I was at Sandalwood uh, for that. And give you an update on the uh, high school state championships with University Christian. Trinity Christian plays later. And back to the NFL we go. What does James Robinson have to do? to finish off a spectacular rookie season. It's on the way on ESPN 690. We're live from Fields Cadillac in Orange Park. Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? That's, do, you, do you want 100000 extra $100,000? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go <laughs> politics when we get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Oh, geez. No, I'm, I'm not going to talk trash to Clayus. Man, I know Clayus. Clayus is too nice of a guy, you know? Like, uh, that's like I know it's not real coming from Clayus, man. Like, we're too cool, I hope. Now, Yannick, Yannick's going to be out for blood. But, uh, but no, man, me and Clayus, you know, I, I think he's going to take care of me, I hope. No, it's going it's to be a lot of fun. It's always fun playing against, you know, former teammates. Um, you know, it's one of the cool things about the league. It, it makes it a lot of fun. Isn't that funny that Gardner Minshew kind of, Knows that uh, Jan's coming. He's out for blood. He's out for blood, man. He's hoping that Calais will will, will rip Jan off any Jags player. I guess. <laughs> uh, that's a good little exchange right there from from Gardner Minshew. Um, let's see, bandana or no bandana? Ah, it's a little. T- it's a tough one to tell. He had a hat on and uh, practice jersey, so he just come from practice. Okay. So that makes a little more sense. You don't okay. know. I, I think if you go back on Wednesdays, he probably isn't a bandana guy. But I'm interested now to see that. You've been very adamant about this, Brent. Well, I don't want to overstate it. I'm just interested. I'm I just, do. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. Or the bandana. I mean, this I'm going to be a headline. If so, I haven't opened three of the bandanas. I'm bringing them back. The, this could be a, an Adam Schefter bomb, if you will, where it's like <laughs> Gardner Minshew changing up his personality a little bit for the team. Just remember, if this becomes becomes an issue, I first noted it over the weekend yes. during the post game. Okay, mm-hmm. so yep. I want credit for it. I started it. Yeah, you know how that's going to work out. Someone else will get credit. <laughs> Some guy we've never heard of before is going to get all the credit, <laughs> and that is what it is. But it's so funny in our business. It's like. Like somebody will like we'll say sorry like we do so much so many shows and we're talking about so many things but it might have been like two and a half months ago we were talking about a topic and then all of a sudden the topic becomes a topic and a bigger one and I it's, know. it's like 
We were just talk, we talked about that like two months ago, man. And in your own mind, you're like, why didn't you hear that, everybody? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not the way it works. No, it's not the way it works at all. It, it's crazy, like, you know, as I progress in my career doing radio and just really in sports media in general, it's crazy how much of an arms race it really is. And, like, I, I get it. Like, people take pride in, in being the first or or having that, like, hot-button topic that people can go kind of click on and stuff like that because it, it's a big deal and it gets the conversation going. I understand. But, like... And I don't want to call anybody out, but, like, to sacrifice, like, the journalistic code of ethics to try to get ahead of a story sometimes that doesn't – like, for instance, we're not sure if Doug Marone's going to be here or not. But somebody said – somebody that's well-respected in media, that's verified and everything said there's rumbling saying that Doug Marone might be here tonight. Now, whether that's a 5% chance, a 2% chance, a point-something percent chance, but the fact that you're reporting it still, like, obviously people are going to talk about that. And for what? You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, Brent, we sit here right now. Um, what week are we in? Because it seems like so long. Week 14? Uh, yeah, I guess it's 15, technically whatever week 15. it is, man. Yeah, week yeah, 15, 15 16, or, 17, 15, yeah. Week 15 right now. We wish it was week 18. I know, who you sound. <laughs> and, and, and we can wholeheartedly say, and it's not to be rude or anything, but we don't think that Doug Marone's going to be here no, next I don't year. think – I've said this on TV over the weekend. Doug Marone would be the most surprised person in Jacksonville if Doug Marone is yeah. back. But there's still people out there that want to put stuff in the in the universe and say, well, I'm hearing rumblings, there's a chance. Like, I don't know what the sources are. I don't know who the rumblings are from. But when you say things like that, like, yeah, you're going to get the clicks, you're going to get the retweets, you're going to get the likes. And I just, I just never understood that side of it. Yeah, but, well, you never know who's playing the agent game, who's hearing things. And, again, I always say this about those guys, Schefter, Rappaport, they do a great job. I, I, of course. A, a lot of respect for them. Uh, I don't know how they do it, actually, uh, sometimes. But I do think they're asked to always give some bit of information. Well, if you're on the national scene right now, and, and Doug Marone has lost 12 games, but he's been given – the job until the end of the year, because that's what Shad Khan said when he fired Dave Caldwell. Well, why not just say, hey, listen, it's not over yet in Jacksonville, so maybe if he wins the last four games, if he wins three out of four, that, yeah. hey, you know, the jury's still out on this. There's no – while we all take it here and just say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's not coming back. Like, yeah. everybody else interpreted See, that like he's – because there was a Buffalo guy, I think, that put it out there. It said kind of more adamant, like yeah. Schefter said – there's a real good chance, like, he could come back. I yeah. think he later deleted the tweet, or as somebody said, I oh, didn't did notice it. <laughs> Not Dang. Schefter, but the Buffalo. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. And so, like, how that. did somebody interpret what Schefter said, then put it on a tweet, then it went crazy, well, yeah, right? Listen, I can give out other like, – listen, and once again, I'm not trying to call anybody out here or, like, start a war. But, like, Josiah Anderson, right? Was it last year she said that Doug Josina, Marone was? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. No, that was Diana Rossini. Oh, that was Diana Rossini. See, yeah. I don't want to call well, anybody well, sorry. Well, that's why when Schefter report came out, I retweeted the guy and said, did Rossini tell oh, you? Oh, yeah, so, so, listen, and it was, I think Diana Rossini, she's great. Which you I know? thought was pretty funny. No, th- that was awesome, man. Good job. I mean, do you want a compliment from me? <laughs> I there do. I kind of thought that was pretty funny. Good one, good one. I mean, don't just bypass that. That was pretty funny. That was good. That was good. But, I mean, did you see my Wayne's World Trevor Lawrence thing today? Or are you just going to bypass that? Well, check that video I posted today. I was trying not to. Look at Twitter while I was driving. Oh, good call. I like that. But anyways, so like when she reported that Doug Marone was going to be fired, well, that didn't happen, right? Like he's still here, and it's just it, it, it's crazy to me, man, that we live in a world now with, with media. And obviously, I'm getting on a soapbox here, but it's more sports media where I'm talking about where you you can report that Kawhi Leonard is going to go stay in Toronto and not go to the Clippers, and, and you can say it, like you see, you say your sources report that, and people are going to retweet you, and people are going to buy into it, and then all of a sudden he goes to the Clippers. 
Then all of a sudden, Doug Marone maintains his job, and what happens to the person that reported it? Absolutely nothing. No, they're starting their profile. Her profile has risen since yeah. that. And it's such a weird thing because in most jobs, like listen, we're sitting here in Fields Cadillac right now. If someone was to write me like a, you know, like the, the estimate for a car, and let's say like they made a mistake and shortchanged me my like maybe like fifty thousand dollars, well that's on them, right? Like they messed up big time. When you report that Doug Marone is going to be fired and then he m- maintains his job, you messed up big time. But the only difference between a sports media person and a person that works at Fields Cadillac is that person that works at Fields Cadillac might lose their job because of that. That, that. That's a big deal. Person in sports media, the brand goes up because they messed up. And that's just a crazy world that we live in. Hey, right? it's a really good thing you and didn't I'm glad grow to be a part of it. It's a really good thing you didn't grow up in this business because you'd be major get off my lawn. Oh, right now. <laughs> oh really? Oh, well, heck yeah. I mean, the business has changed. I say yeah, it all I the time. I mean, there's no accountability in our business for that stuff anymore. I mean, there really isn't. I hear you. And by the way, I don't think Diana Rossini, because of that report, should have lost her job. No, I'm, I'm just not saying it's that. Showing at all, that it shows that. Uh, that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter, and and so I still need uh, to start throwing out rumors and make one's going to stick eventually. It's well, it's in our blood. Uh, again, I had, I mean, Caldwell. I, I was hesitant to do. It. I had, yeah, it. I yes. had the information, and I wasn't just comfortable putting it out there. Yeah. that I was firing a guy if I wasn't a hundred and ten percent sure, even though I was already a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I still wasn't comfortable putting it out there, which is stupid by me. I should just put it out there because I had a really good source on it. So. Um, <laughs> But, you know, you, in our business, in our blood, it's to yeah. break stories. The bottom line is people don't want to admit this anymore. Unless you're really breaking a story that you're working on that nobody else is working on. Yeah. Breaking the news transaction story, it's over. It lives for three minutes. But it's over. It's, it just doesn't – nobody's keeping score. The old yeah. guard keeps score a little bit, but nobody's really keeping score. Uh, and, listen, I appreciate people who do it, but – it's a lot of wasted time and effort on a lot no, of – because sure. right now, like, I, I look at Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport like Walmart. Mm-hmm. Like, Walmart, what did they do it when they came along? The big controversy with Walmart was they were putting all these mom-and-pop places out of business. Absolutely. Well, that's what they are. Yeah. Ian Rappaport and, and, and guys like Schefter, they're Walmart. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the local media, we can't – we don't break anything anymore. Yeah. Because it's the agents are all giving it to those guys because those guys are sharing other information they got from somebody else. Well, we don't have that information to share with the agent, and the teams are the last ones to 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 uh, tell anybody. Yeah, listen, it's, like I said, man, it's just it is a crazy world that we work in. And, and despite what you think, I actually pay attention sometimes, and I actually care. And you know, despite my nihilistic attitude sometimes towards the sports media platform, um, I do watch what's going on. And it's crazy how you can make a comment, a bad comment about a team. For instance, let's take Joey Galloway, for example. Joey Galloway doing the the NCAA prediction show, whatever it was, um, when asked about Florida LSU, Joey Galloway laughed and said, (laughs) I mean, what what do you want me to say? It's going to be a blow. Joey Galloway has got more, you know, mentions now and more hate and more social media interaction from LSU fans than he's probably ever gotten in the past 10 years, right? And one would think that those fans will never go away. Now, he can block as many as he wants, but there's always they're like roaches, right? They come out of the woodwork, oh, yeah. and, and there's always going to be a hive. There'll be, there's going to be more people. But, like, when you report on something that's not true or something that maybe was false and it was a rumor, whatever the case may be, like, yeah, people will be in your mentions for a while, and people will hold you accountable for a while. But then people forget. And people move on, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I forgot all about that. I think people around here will always bring up Rossini on you that report. So? I yeah, did. I mean, I think you. All right, I never got to the thing. Yeah, sorry. What does James Robinson have to do? Sorry, we'll tease it again on the next block. That's uh, what we do here. Next segment.
Let's make take it inside the business by calling block. Yeah. That's what we call those things. Okay. Segments, blocks. What I do want to get to is what does James Robinson have to do? And, and the answer maybe is he doesn't have to do anything else. But I don't think that's true. I think he fin- finishes off and he's like 40 yards and 30 yards and 50 yards. I think you're going to be a bit disappointed. Yeah, and I think you're going to scratch your head. Yes. And so what does he have to do against three pretty good defenses? Chicago, Baltimore, and Indy. Very good defenses, by the way. Well, I don't know. Baltimore gave up 42 points. But yeah. what does he have to do to kind of satisfy us for the offseason? Not that he's interested in that. But also put an exclamation point on this season that has been so good. Because now you get greedy. Right? It's like hitting with the bases loaded with nobody out. Man, you got to get the run in. You're not going to punt. But be greedy. Don't yes. just swing just to put it in play, man. Try to hit a double and score all three. Yeah. Don't bunt. Swing for the fences. Suicide squeeze never back. Come on, Brent. It's a great play. They called a suicide play. squeeze for a reason. The onside kick and the suicide squeeze all left at the same time. <laughs> they don't work anymore. They don't do it anymore. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live from Fields Cadillac in Orange Park. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live on location in Orange Park Fields, Cadillac. Uh, Austin Lane will join us in just a moment once again as we talk about James Robinson, Jaguars running back. What do you expect? What do you need to see the last few weeks from James, who has had an unbelievable rookie season in a very bad year for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Right now, it's time for the Money Minute, and we bring in our friend Mike Lester from Talent Wealth Management. Mike, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm doing great today. I uh, hope you are as well, and all the listeners. Oh, absolutely. And uh, just to, to give an update on the, the Dow Jones uh, here on this day, still over 30,000. Uh, so it's been hovering, not as volatile as of, of late, Mike. No, not in the past uh, few days. I think there's a lot of optimism here moving forward. If you think about you know, where we were back in February, March, and all of the concerns, we got that... Uh, you know, obviously, big dip, a little bit of a crash there. Uh, rebounded very, very quickly. They call that a, a V curve. And now we're we're sitting here wondering what, what things are going to look like post election. But you know, what we're telling people is, I mean, if you spend some time thinking about it, we're pretty optimistic. Uh, we've got vaccines now, not just from one company, multiple companies. Uh, we've got stimulus coming our way. Uh, we, we don't know exactly when, but uh, we, yeah, yeah, I think we can be pretty confident it's coming our way. Um, in addition to that, very, very low interest rates. The Fed's working hard to keep interest rates low. That's going to stimulate things. And then, uh, you know, one of the things that, that not everybody's talking about, but just think about all the people that have been sort of, and, and not just in, in Jacksonville, but around the country and around the world, forced to stay home. Uh, haven't been to the malls, the movies, the restaurants, everything else. If you put those four things together and try to imagine economies and markets not doing better in the first, maybe second quarter of next year, uh, it's just hard to imagine. So I think, um, you know, I hope and I think right now things could change, but things are looking good for markets. Mike Lester with Talent Wealth Management joining us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We call it the Money Minute, but I'm going to keep you one more minute because if everybody's sure. like me, we've been really uh, – did you find a spike in people interested in their retirement and talking to you and saying, hey, Mike, what am I supposed to do? It's just been such a wild year. I found myself looking at my finances and projecting and doing all these calculations way more than I'd ever done in the past. Maybe that's my age. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, I mean, when things are going really well, people tend to be – um, you know, feel like things are on cruise control. They're not as concerned. We've got a lot of concerns between COVID, between elections. I mean, you throw uh, pandemics and, and politics into it. 
uh, it was a crazy year. So we certainly got um, more concerns, more phone calls. You know, people we're working with wanting to know what our plan is. And the people that we aren't working with, you know, maybe they weren't as comfortable with their plan and they wanted to have one. So, you know, we, we, we focus on individuals that, you know, are, are building a retirement plan. They're, a lot of them are retired or pretty close to it. Some of them have uh, what we refer to as an, an orphan 401K, you know, from an old company they don't work for anymore, but they just want to make sure that money's working for them. Um, that's what we do. We help people get more efficient in their investments. Everybody we're working with, they basically they want the highest rate of return they can get, um, but they like the least amount of risk to get there. Yeah, we all like that. Mike Lester with Talent Wealth Management. Here's what you do, 904-515-5000 or visit guardingyournestegg.com. We love the show on Saturday mornings here on ESPN 690 and Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., a full hour to take care and look ahead in retirement and your finances with Mike Lester. Hey, have a great day, Mike. We appreciate jumping in. Hey, you too. Bye-bye. That's Mike Lester with Talent Wealth Management. Joins us for the uh, Money Minute here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Speaking of on the money, how about James Robinson? How good has he been this season? And what does he have to do down the stretch of this season to finish it off in style? You've got three games left. He's over 1,000 yards. He's about 192 yards away from Fred Taylor's rookie record of, uh, gosh, what was it, 12-something. I don't have all the numbers in front of me. He's already through 13 games, the most prolific undrafted rookie free agent in terms of scrimmage yards of all time in the NFL. So he's got to continue that pace. I mean, what does he have to do to satisfy and put an exclamation point, do you think, on his own, but also maybe for the fans, so everybody can say what they've been saying for the last couple months. Hey, we got our running back. Yeah. Uh, Hey, listen, um, with all due respect to the fans, this is more about what I want to see, right? (laughs) Because, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, um, just from a lot of perspectives here, what I want to see from James Robinson, now keep in mind, playing the Ravens, who are probably going to come in hungry, right, because they just got embarrassed. I mean, their defense got embarrassed, obviously, by the Cleveland Browns. So they're going to play hungry, I feel like. Um, you play the Bears, who on offense are not that much, but defense still pretty solid. And then you play the Colts, who obviously have a pretty solid defense in themselves. So three pretty solid defenses, that at least we think, that you're going to go against. If I can get at least 80 yards rushing, um, per game, like if it all bounces out to 80 yards rushing per game, I'm happy. I'm a, I'm a very happy man going forward. Um, that's the Sunday. The whipped cream, the cherry on top, the caramel sauce would be if I see him even featured more than what he is right now in the past game. Now, we see the past couple weeks, he has been featured on wheel routes and swing routes and things yeah. like that. I love it. Let's see some more of it right now because, like I've said before, and I've said many times, when the rock is in James Robinson's hands – Good things seem to happen. So whether that's in the run game or the pass game, get that guy the ball. 30 jersey for Christmas. There it Can is. you get me one? I mean, you should get me, me something. You, you, I got you, yeah. man. 30 yeah. jersey for Christmas. Yeah, that's when you want? You, uh, you, you know, we're like on this. Yeah, no, that's Rosas what I want. or something? Okay. No, no Rosas. Okay. Uh, can't trust the kickers. There's 15 mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, <laughs> get me a SCOBY jersey. I feel more comfortable. And I'll <laughs> drive his Escalade home. Yeah. But uh, well, hey, we should we should preface this. It's his wife's Escalade. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Smack T underscore seventy four says J Rob staying healthy to finish season would be perfect. An injury would just be another dagger in our miserable season. That's great. That, that's true. Don't I mean, even listen, talk like that. Yeah, we don't no. we don't think that way. I said what you said. You said eighty yards. That would get you about two forty. I said two hundred and fifty more yards rushing. So I'm not even. I don't think I'm getting super greedy with that. Just give me 
maybe one's going to be a 65-yard day, but another one's a 115-yard day. Again, tough defenses. And the tension is now shifting to him. Probably should have shifted a lot earlier, quite frankly, from defenses. But now Minshew could open things up. See, I don't think people were afraid at all of Glennon or Luton. And I'm not saying they're afraid of Minshew, but I think his ability will open things up a little bit more. But you've got to give it to him, man. Don't go away from the run. To me, this is all about putting an exclamation point on his season. 250 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and bam, show me the numbers at the end of the day, and I'm going to celebrate with my 30 jersey on. Without a doubt. And listen, there's probably a new coaching staff coming in. I get that. A whole new team, a whole new identity. But the Jaguars that we see these last three games of the season, and I hope they do pound the rock, that could be the identity going forward. And with identity, you want momentum. And I think if James Robinson can keep that momentum for the last three games, you're going to like what he does next year as well. Unbelievable year. Thank you, James Robinson. We should all say thank you to James Robinson. One of the few things that's good to talk about each and every week. We love you. I've never said I love you so much to a player as this year in James Robinson. Yeah, and he's from Illinois State, which you know how I feel about that. But, yeah, props to you, James. One hour to go from Fields Cadillac at Orange Park on ESPN 690.